0: You know, going into this Saturday, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, it, it shocked me. That's Well, here we go. It's last play of the game here. If they don't do it now, nothing's going to happen. Back in the pocket. Looks, looks, fires. Oh my god, he caught it! He caught it! Ten, five, touchdown! This is Saturdays in the States. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Saturdays in the States. I am your host, Andrew Parker, and my goodness, I think that we learned a lot this past Saturday, and I mean a ton. Um, a, a lot. I want to get into today. I uh, first want to start off with saying is, I don't think the S S E. Sorry, I don't think the S E C is as bulletproof as we thought. I know a lot of talk up to this point has been the the. Um, boldness of the sec and how many teams they could potentially get into the playoff and i think as of right now they will have one at most they will have one maybe two but one one for sure i think it's hard to push for two that second team that's going to get in there whether it be a uh, an lsu or, or a georgia that'll be hard um you know Alabama if it wasn't if it wasn't for the personal uh the the personal interference call uh, against Tennessee on the sack on their backup quarterback and it wasn't for the 100 yard return um fumble recovery by Alabama that's an entirely different game that is an entirely different game game and it's those two plays that you look at and you think why is alabama so successful and the reason why is because teams let their mentality take over um the game plan they let their mentality take over the goal of the entire team and what is supposed to be executed at that moment and that is why coaches preach and preach and preach why it is important for players to be level-headed and focused level-headed and focused now that first personal foul call where you push the guy where you quote unquote push the guy down that's a ticky tacky um, penalty when i saw it i didn't really i, I kind of disagreed with it but uh, that's the ref's call i i don't think it was a really a foul but the other one about the the jumping over the goal line that you just you got to know you can't do that you have to know you cannot do that as as the quarterback And also, when talking about Georgia, we thought Georgia was this dynamite program. Georgia struggled against Kentucky. Georgia had issues. They went into the half scoreless. I thought it was a Big Ten game. 0-0 going into halftime? Boy, that's a big-time Big Ten football match right there in November. I tell you what—that is not an SEC game. That just goes to show you how Kirby Smart's team is struggling after that loss. They realize that they have a loss, and they, I think that the mentality was: unless we are undefeated and take it to Alabama, we will get overlooked. And I think that some of it is dragging on going forward when they face these other schools and these other teams, and they're trying to think to themselves: you know, how do we how do we impress the the uh, the committee? All you got to do is win. That's all you got to do all you have to do is continue to win your games and you will get um, respect from the committee. I think Georgia has kind of fallen off the tracks just a bit because everything was going well when they were winning and then they got upset by an average South Carolina team and now they're kind of kind of stumbling to get back to that you know they're trying to you know grind the, the the wheel back up trying to get that momentum going and it's hard it's really hard. And it's even harder knowing that there's a committee of people who are looking down upon you, and they have the fate to decide. Okay, can you be in the playoff? Even if you do beat Alabama, do you have the do you have the 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 um uh, pedigree to be in the playoff? So I'd say those are the, the two right there. We're right off the bat. Um, uh, you know, it kind of proves that the SEC isn't isn't foolproof. So that being said. I think the SEC is kind of starting to show that that it's hard to be good in a great conference, and being consistent is hard, and, and facing consistently good teams is hard, uh, and I think it's kind of starting to show the the uh, uh, issues with such a good conference is is the it really hashes out who is a legitimate uh, power now. Going off of that, as the big as the SEC is kind of starting to slow down, I think the Big Ten is starting to ramp up what they have in store for the rest of the season. You have Ohio State, Penn State, um, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin took that loss. Wisconsin took that loss really bad. Okay. That was a really bad loss for Wisconsin, and the reason why was because they overlooked Illinois, and they were looking to Ohio State. There's no excuse. There's no other explanation. That is what those players are doing, and I can't blame them. Illinois is a faceless university that has no tradition whatsoever. It is a boring, bland program, and it's it's just kind of like a it's a boring game to play. It's not exciting, not at all. So I can't blame them one bit for wanting to overlook that game, but I can blame them in the sense that you can't overlook every opponent you have to have respect for every single opponent you are facing a lot of people are saying that it's the upset of the year I don't think so I think it's going to be one of the big upsets of the year but by no means do I think it is the upset of the year we still have a ton of college football left to play I think a lot more will happen a lot more will come um you know, teams will win, teams will lose. I think it's a really great game. I think it kind of showed um, the Lovey Smith's players really do try hard into every game they go into. But by and large, Wisconsin did not respect their opponent. That's what it comes down to. Wisconsin didn't respect Illinois in that game. Wisconsin did not respect Illinois in that game. And if you look on the stats, Wisconsin time of possession was like almost 75% to, to 66%. I mean, it was easily more than half almost yeah almost 70% was Wisconsin owning the ball now how did they lose they turned the ball over something very simple something that coaches preach to their teams not to do and yet it happens and that is why it is so important to realize that it can it can decide how a game is going to go that loss that Wisconsin sustained is not good for them. I'd say between them and Georgia, Georgia's in a much better position with that one loss than this one loss by Wisconsin, because it was obvious that Wisconsin is going uh, was looking ahead to Ohio State. Now, that being said, next Saturday, that Wisconsin-Ohio State game is going to be a beautiful game, and it's going to put the Big Ten on the national stage to show how these two uh, uh, heavyweight hitters Go at it, go after each other, Um, because, like I said, the Big Ten right now, and it's going to change. But the Big Ten right now has a few, uh, has an undefeated team, has a lot of ranked, a few rank, a few undefeated teams, various ranked teams. Sorry, I couldn't speak there for a moment, and it's just kind of starting to show how they're a very uh, solid conference. They have a lot of solid talent. Um, Now, you know, take that all the talent with what you will. I personally think that the only actual teams they have is Ohio State and Penn State. I think Minnesota, they haven't faced anybody. I think even though Minnesota's undefeated, there's you know, they haven't faced anybody until they face Wisconsin, until they face Iowa. Minnesota, they don't don't be, you know, flattered by that undefeated record. They're kind of beating lesser opponents and they have gotten by barely gotten by some even lesser opponents. Um so take that with a grain of salt. Iowa, they've only scored four touchdowns in their past four games, so they are not doing well themselves, even though they are ranked. I'd say the two teams right now that are legitimate Big Ten uh, powers is Penn State and Ohio State, and they're going to eventually face off, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great game, but until then, Let's, I think the Big Ten should kind of enjoy how things are right now, enjoy how there's no tension within the conference despite Wisconsin. They should enjoy the moment. I want to add on to these two conferences as I think that the chase for a national title we learned this weekend is wide open. I think that we had, it was set in stone going into this weekend. It could have been Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, and Oklahoma. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. I think that, uh, and I don't know why I, I failed to mention Clemson in, in that top four. I'm sorry about that. But the main point that I'm trying to get across is we had a solid look at who we thought was going to be in the playoffs. I want to argue two things against that. Number one, after watching this week's play of games, that is not guaranteed. Uh, There's still a lot of football to be played. There's a lot of big-time, high-ranked opponents still yet to face in the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big 12 to where I would wait on that. I would wait on that. And number two, another thing I learned from this weekend was how teams are vulnerable teams are very vulnerable. Georgia is very vulnerable. If you go into a half 0-0 and come out winning 21 to nothing, you obviously are not there yet. Alabama obviously Tua Tagovailoa went down, but I think if I'm a team that is watching film on that, I am learning every flaw with Alabama without Tua Tagovailoa. And it's little things. That's the thing when it came to Alabama and Tennessee. It wasn't like Tua came out and Alabama kept rolling. No, if you watch the next couple of possessions without Tua, they struggle. They struggle very badly. Okay, so if I'm looking at that, I would say the one key goal of that is to pressure Tua. Pressure Tua and make sure that your secondary plays great. That's what I would take away from that. Because Alabama, I would say, after that game showed that they are not as dominant as they have been. Because Tennessee isn't that good. Tennessee is not that solid of a program, and they showed major flaws against Tennessee. They showed major flaws and issues against Tennessee that... Um, I think if I'm a fan going into the playoff, I am not worried against Alabama at all. Clemson with uh, with Trevor Lawrence and his two interceptions against Louisville. Yeah, they won 45-10. to 10. He threw two interceptions. At this point, is up to eight total, whereas all of last season, he had four. I like to call this the baseball effect. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is the term that I use for, for things like this. I use it as the baseball effect. Now... An example would be like Yasiel Puig or Aaron Judge. Their rookie seasons in the majors, they were hitting homers after homers, and they were doing uh, consistently great in the outfield. And their number, their batting uh, average was amazing. And then there was film on them, and there was statistics and scouting. And then their numbers dropped, even though they're still good. Their numbers dropped. They weren't. they they they, they weren't as dominant as they were. And it's just how things are. You know, if a team does really well one time and you're facing them twice, you have film on them. You you do. And you learn and you take notes and you practice and you eventually either play them, if you say you lost against them the first time, you end up playing them a lot closer the next time and maybe even beating them the next time. It's just how things are. It happens in the NFL, it happens in the NBA, and it happens... uh, in the MLBs, and it even happens in college football. I think that's what people are starting to realize. As a freshman, you win the national title, I don't know how much higher you can go. I really don't. And it's not his fault. It's not his fault he's a great player, because he is. Trevor Lawrence is a really great quarterback at a really great uh, program at Clemson with Dabo Sweeney and all those athletes around him. And it's hard to replicate that. Being good is hard. It's hard to consistently win. And so... Those are the two favorites. Everyone's thinking maybe it will be Alabama, Clemson, part five, or whatever we're at right now. I don't think so. I can see one of them making it, but I don't see both of them making it. And I have my money on Alabama, because if I am looking at Trevor Lawrence and looking at how he has not been making solid pass, solid reads, and been throwing more interceptions, if I'm that secondary, I'm not scared of that kid at all. I am not. I'm not scared one bit. If I'm looking at Alabama, I'm thinking, okay, we need to be consistent and not let the emotions take over us and get pressure on Tua. That's a little bit more. That, that, that requires a little bit more. But if I am that team in the playoff that is going to be up against Clemson, I'm I'm fine. I think I'm okay. I go into that, and I think that we have a fighting chance, and I think that we have just as good a chance of winning that game as, as Clemson would. I really do. Um Again, it's the baseball effect, folks. It is the baseball effect. Speaking of undefeated teams, I watched SMU and I watched Minnesota this past Saturday. Uh. And this is what I found out. There is a dichotomy between SMU and Minnesota. SMU is undefeated, and you can't blame them for facing lesser talent because they are not in a Power 5 conference. So what they get is what they get. So you have to take their undefeated record, I think, a lot more seriously than Minnesota's. SMU... Um, you know, the, they're probably the frontrunner right now as to, to being that group of five to, to get in or that at-large uh, playoff bid if they continue to be undefeated, which I would like. Like, I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I am happy to be on the SMU bandwagon. I am. Like, I'm not—that's not a—I not mean, you can hate on me all you want, but I firmly support SMU and what they're doing. Obviously, their history with the death penalty has really hindered that football program's success, and seeing the work that those um players are putting in there is, is really awe-inspiring. Um um, but they can't really control who they're facing. It's not like they have lesser—I mean, every conference has you know lesser opponents and greater opponents. But by and large, SMU isn't in the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. They are not purposely have a weak schedule. I mean, they're just facing opponents and beating them handedly this past weekend. Um, against a Temple team that I thought that was pretty impressive, considering Temple had upset two prior-ranked teams. So for SMU to do what they did against Temple, uh, I take that win— ...a lot more uh, serious... ...and I take that undefeated... uh, ...streak a lot more serious. On the flip side... We have Minnesota. And I harped on them last week, and I'm going to continue to harp on them, and this is the reason why. They have not faced anybody challenging. And I know what you're saying, but Andrew, what about SMU? I'm trying to explain that. If you're in the Big Ten, there's a difference. Like, if Iowa was undefeated right now, that would be respectable because they went on the road and they beat Michigan. They beat a very talented Penn State team at home under the lights. Those are two big-time games. If they continue to go undefeated, then they would beat Wisconsin, and then they would you know, end up um Beating Minnesota, okay. That record looks a lot better than Minnesota's, who squeaks by an FCS school, squeaks by some other lesser schools, um, comes back to win a game, and then throttles like a one in six Rutgers. I mean, that that resume doesn't scream respect. It's it, it just doesn't. I mean, it it screams acknowledgement. Like we acknowledge that Minnesota's undefeated right now. But by no means, um, do we, ah, uh, do we give them full respect? You know, just what what's the quote from, uh, from Star Wars? Just because you're on the council does not mean we grant you the title of master. Something along those lines, Minnesota. That's how I feel about you. Now, hey, you continue to stay undefeated, and you face. I think it's Wisconsin's your team, Penn State, Wisconsin. I, it's one of those. You know, it, when you face your team. And if you beat that really good, you know, much better team than you, and you beat them, hey, you have my respect. But until then, you're undefeated because you have not faced anybody at all. Speaking of respect, I think that it's nearing the end for Harbaugh. I think it's nearing the end. I bet you after this year, he has one year. And here's why. So far, he has not been able to win the big game. He, when uh, he first, you know, was starting to get Michigan up and going, they lost to Michigan State in that embarrassing um, fumbled punt. Uh, When they, uh, they um, went in the Orange Bowl, they lost to Florida State. They lost to Ohio State numerous times, some of them not so close at all. One of them, I mean, albeit one of them was really close, but other than that one big time game, none of them have been close at all. He lost to Iowa when they were tested uh, under the lights. And then recently this past Saturday, yeah, his team fought, but they did not c- pull off the big win at Happy Valley. And that's hard, but we have to realize something. When you are a coach at Michigan, a the most winningest program in all of college football, there is a lot expected from you. There is a lot expected from you. You have to win consistently, and you have to win the big games, and that has been something that is so hard. I know at the beginning of this college football season, I predicted that Michigan could beat Ohio State. I'm not going to lie, that prediction is dead wrong, and I hope that Michigan fans are kind of settling into that right now, that Michigan will not beat Ohio State. I think they'll play them close, but I don't see him winning. I think Ohio State just has only gotten fat, bigger, faster, stronger. And it's sad to say, I mean, I really would like to, for Michigan to pull the upset, and it's rivalry weekend, so hey, what do I know? Honestly, at the end of the day, what the hell do I know? But as the way things are going, Harbaugh has not been able to beat Ohio State, he's not been able to win on the road, he's not been able to win the big games on the road, or win the big games in a bowl game. And so, oh and, oh, and and another game that uh, I just uh, reminded me was when he got just traunched or just beaten by uh, by Florida in the Peach Bowl. I vividly remember that. I hope you do too. Um, just, just not big time wins. And if you're a big time program like Michigan, those are the wins that you need to continue your success. I think his last chance of of um his last chance at redemption, is Ohio State. I bet you that if he beats Ohio State, then it's okay. But if he loses Ohio State, he has one more year, and then he's out. Uh, and I, I hate to say that, but I that is how I view it. That's how I, I firmly view it. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and then there's one last thing, speaking of the big game, that I think no one really paid attention to. Kansas and Texas. Kansas and Texas. Folks, I I know what the national perception was. The perception was, was that Texas wasn't playing well and Kansas was playing really inspired. That is the wrong type of perception you need. Do not say that anymore. Get that out of your heads. Folks, I, I, yeah, it's Kansas football. No, it is Kansas football with Coach Les Miles, who has won a national title, who coached in the SEC, at LSU, at... At one of the most, I mean, I would say at the most pivotal, most hostile points of that conference. I mean, th- this is this isn't Kansas football from two years ago that was getting blown out forty-eight to nothing in the first half. This is a rejuvenated, um, reinvented Kansas football program that demands and deserves your respect. Yeah, they lost that game, but I guarantee you that a Kansas team two years ago wouldn't even score a darn touchdown or they may even score t- they they might score 10 points but they wouldn't score 48 they almost won that game so i know the national perception is that texas almost got upset by kansas i'm not going to say that i mean yeah the ranking and all that stuff but what i will say was that can't people people start respecting kansas and they should they really should in the next 2 in the next 2 to 3 years kansas will be a legitimate threat under less miles and and i really find it funny how no one is acknowledging his past success with LSU and how if you take an SEC coach and you plan him in a conference such as the Big 12 with not as good talent and no defense let me stress that again no defense as we saw this past weekend I don't see what the hard deal is about believing in Kansas I really don't when I'm sitting here and Kansas has 10 wins and is playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game and everyone's like how did this happen where did this come from this was overnight no, I'm going to say it was the progress that was made in the weeks in this first D-season when they lost close games to Texas and they lost close games to West Virginia. Like, folks, I, I, I don't know how much more Claire can be, okay? I really don't, okay? Take it right now, this year they may not be at that good, but I guarantee you that they are on their way to winning a bowl game. That is one prediction that I stated in the beginning of the of the season that I will continue to stand by because I firmly believe that Coach Miles uh, is the right guy there and he is doing wonders. So don't get don't get don't get um, blinded by the two the only two gems in that conference, which is Texas and Oklahoma, because Kansas is coming. Oh yeah. And uh, there's Baylor, too. They're still undefeated while we're on this subject, just so you know. Sorry, I got a little bit heated there. But, like, my God, folks, you can't just listen to ESPN and think everything's going to be okay. You got to do your own research and really look at the progress that is being made. Let's look ahead to next week's games. SMU in Houston, I think SMU is going to continue to roll. I think last week that was the one game that, uh, you know, if they lost it, if they lost against Temple, people would kind of, you know, uh, ease off of them. But knowing what Temple had done in the past and knowing how easily SMU handled them, I think that they are rolling right now. Wisconsin and Ohio State. This game could not be more unpredictable at all. So you have Ohio State, which is darn near a perfect team. I believe should be second in the nation. Um, and then you have Wisconsin, which they overlooked to this game, and now they lost. But they're angry, they're mad, and I know that they're gonna. This is the game that they wanted to prove themselves. So this is gonna, this is gonna be the game that we're gonna see if Wisconsin is the real deal. If they lose this game, then we can see. Ah, okay, maybe you didn't have it in you. But if they win this game, then we're gonna see. Okay, Wisconsin, you were legitimate. Wisconsin, you uh, you can you can play with the big boys. Um. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see um, if they can get their running back any yards against that Ohio State defense. It's just going to be entertaining all around. I mean, uh, it says Ohio State's uh, favored by 14.5 points. Knowing it's a Big Ten game, I guarantee you it's going to be close. It may be four points. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I don't even want to call that game. I mean, I'll pick Ohio State based on pure talent, but boy oh boy that's gonna be a, a fun game to watch it's at 11 folks the first great game of the day starts at 11. Oklahoma and Kansas State Oklahoma's on the road in this against Kansas State which is surprisingly done very solid with uh with the absence of coach Snyder you know ever since he stepped down uh, I still think Oklahoma's gonna um, beat them pretty handily but um not by 21 and a half like their favorite I bet it's by 14 or, or 17 but not 21 and a half Iowa, Northwestern, Northwestern is the team that has in the past, given Iowa fits, uh, it, it's very evident their games are close, going to overtime. Iowa has not always beaten Northwestern, even when they are favored. I think that this will be a game that Iowa's offense really takes off. This past week, that was supposed to happen, and it really didn't against Purdue, which was very frustrating for a lot of uh, of Iowa fans, because that means yeah, in the past four games, they've only their offense has only scored four touchdowns. Um, so I think this is the game where they match that those touchdowns in one game. I I think their offense really, really clicks in this game. Appalachian State and Southern Alabama. Appalachian State all the way. They're another undefeated team. Give it to them. They're going 7-0. Big-time game, Auburn and LSU. All right, SEC fans, here we go. You have a freshman Bo Nix against a Heisman contender at LSU, their quarterback, okay? And again, this is one of those moments where can LSU, you know, separate? This is a big boy game. Can they separate from Auburn? Can they prove that they belong in those top four? Can they hang with Alabama? This is those. These are one of those games. They're favored by eleven and a half. I think you. It's going to. I think. I think LSU is going to win solely because the youth that Bo Nix has going against such a talented. Uh, LSU team in Death Valley. I think that's going to intimidate him just a bit much to where uh, it's going to be hard for him to, to come back after a few mistakes. So I'm picking LSU in that one. But again, d- don't let that um, um, persuade you in any way. Uh, LSU... Uh, is going gonna, is gonna to win, but it's going to be a fun game. Let me stress that. It's going to be a fun game to watch. And that's at 2.30, folks. So after you're done watching Ohio State and Wisconsin, you can switch on over and watch Auburn and LSU. All right, then there's Penn State and Michigan State. I bet you Penn State... See, Penn State's only favored by 5.5. I bet you Penn State beats them by 20 points. Easily. I don't see Michigan State winning this game at all. Michigan State is such an inconsistent team this year that I don't know what to think of them. But Penn State's the exact opposite of that, and it kind of is is kind of surprising that they are only favored by five and a half against Michigan State. I, I bet you they win that game by twenty points, no question. Uh, I think Texas uh, finds their groove and beats TCU uh, pretty handedly. Maryland and Minnesota, folks, I've stated this. I don't know how many times. This game could either be closer than you think, or Minnesota could blow them out. There's no in-between. Because Minnesota, a lot of the teams that they have beaten were very, very bad opponents and not respectable opponents, and they squeaked by. So Minnesota's favored by 15.5. Boy, I don't even know if I can believe that. I really don't. Uh, I can see Minnesota winning, but, man, I'm just... I'm so hesitant to say that's a win. I can see that as an upset. I can see Maryland upsetting Minnesota. There, I said it. Deal with it, Minnesota. Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Um, I think this is going to be an, old, an old-fashioned an um, old uh, Big 12 shootout. Uh, I-, I can see Oklahoma State um, um, going into Ames and-, and getting the victory there. Arkansas and Alabama without Tua Tagovailoa. Let's stress that again. Alabama will be without their starting quarterback. It'll be a backup. I still think they will win pretty handedly, but I think it'll be close for the first half. I think it'll be a lot closer for a lot longer simply because Tua is out, and I think that that uh, new quarterback is still going to kind of be adjusting to that role. So, But still, Alabama by, by quite a bit. Boston College and Clemson. Oh, man. You know, I think Clemson's going to win this one, but I will say that I think that Boston College's defensive coordinator is going to be a little bit happy knowing that Trevor Lawrence isn't, isn't uh, impossible to beat. He's not. You know, he, he's thrown a lot of interception. I think they're going to kind of use that to to give their team some momentum into this game. But I still pick Clemson. Notre Dame and Michigan. Folks, I, I don't know. Mich- this is another chance for Harbaugh to win a big game. A big-time, old-school rivalry game. I think this rivalry has gone back to 1887, I believe, if I'm right. Um and, and this is another instance where I think Michigan has gotten completely just pummeled by Notre Dame under Harbaugh in this game, too. So, with that being said, folks, I can still see Notre Dame winning this game pretty easily. Michigan's favored by two and a half. I think it's just because it's in Michigan. Folks, this is a big-time rivalry game. It's a big-time Midwest rivalry. Um, and it's going to be another moment to see, can Jim Harbaugh win the big-time game? Can you do it, Harbaugh? Can you? We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Arizona State and UCLA. Arizona State, I think, is going to get this win and get and get back on track. Uh, Cal and Utah. I think Utah will win that one pretty good. And then Washington and Oregon State. Obviously, Oregon just came off of a really big win against Washington. I can see them continue to roll uh, against uh, Washington State, folks. Uh, Big takeaways from today is when the playoff comes, do not immediately assume the favorites are going to win. I think that this past Saturday showed us that it's incredibly hard to be good all the time, specifically with Georgia, specifically with Alabama. Clemson is showing some wear and tear. I'd say the only two teams that at this moment are lo- the only few te- I would say that if I could redo the playoff, this is who I would pick, okay? I would pick LSU. I would pick Ohio State. I would pick Penn State, and I would pick Oklahoma that would be my playoff. If it started right now, that'd be my playoff. I know that's not what the rankings say. I know they have different opinions. But I would say that that is the playoff that I can imagine happening. Um, it's just... The, the the painful part about college football is people look at the national perception they look at all these numbers and they immediately see the number by the school and they think that that gives them pedigree and I don't I look at a lot of the play on the field I look at statistics I look at how teams carry them so I look at a lot of other things and I just don't see this year's playoff being as legit you know as straightforward as it's been in the past where it's you know who's gonna you know you'll you'll be respectful and give the other teams fighting chances, but we all know who's going to win. I don't see that happening. I can see this year's playoffs, I can see this being the year for the playoff where the chaos really ensues and we get a national title that we would not expect. I promise you that. That is one thing that I know for sure will happen. So we'll see. I don't know. Anyway, folks, thank you for listening. Keep watching uh, this great spectacle we love. Uh, But always, yeah, thanks for listening. Hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions, at APParker01. But yeah, um, like, share, rate, do whatever you got to do. At the end of the day, folks, you took time out of your day to listen to this podcast, and that's what makes you awesome. So thank you so much.